Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here is always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? Hiya. Fine. I'm fine. A little tired. A little tired. The uh, the, the the heat and mixture of some pickleball kind of kicked my ass this morning. But, uh, but yeah, I'm all right. All right. Stash is still here. Stash has survived. We are, uh, <laughs> we are just... Onward with the stash brigade. Definitely feeling more pretentious with the stash. It happens. That's what us stash club members. It's what we. It's what we do. It's what we do. Adam. Adam would know from being a one percenter. Daily emails to the Associated Press. Award-winning journalist and a doctor, multiple degrees. I, I mean, it. it Except it they don't happens. have a mustache. Except they don't have a mustache. I, Listen, listen, I would, again, I would repeat what I said. I would love to see you just let the hair go. I would love to say it. Beard, fine. Yeah, Mustache? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking not about. Not so much. Yeah, that's beard. What I'm talking about. Yeah, you, 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 can't, you can't pull off a stash. No Not offense. a lot of people no can. No, I've done taken. I know. Trust me. <laughs> I know. Listen, I, I, I didn't think I'd be able to pull it off, but you know what? I got to say, the, the baby face two, the baby face two underneath with like a, a, a fresh, nice shave. I, I got to say, it, it, it's it's not that bad. My face can like, my face can breathe. Yeah, and you still have a mustache there I, if you want an actual facial hair. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it covers up the baby face slightly but then the next yeah. problem that i have is this this poof ball that i have on top of my head do, do you see what is going on here terrible podcasting i know a common theme that happens at, at the start of these programs but like oh my god like the, the, I, could, I could have bangs <laughs> i could have bangs you have like half a bowl cut almost yeah <laughs> <laughs> and trust I me i have experience with that too Oh, I was I was gonna say I think you're uh, are, aren't you COO of the uh, the bull cut club? Unfortunately, well, I was until I got bar mitzvah and turned fourteen and decided to get my hair cut short and never look back. Have, have interest in women. Have, <laughs> yeah, have interest in actually looking good. Yes, yes. Have, have interest in trying to sell myself as a functioning member of society. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good choice. But anybody anybody who is over anybody who is over the age of eighteen and, and has a bowl cut, definitely something going on there. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just not my preferred hairstyle. No, but your I, your hair is is wonderfully quaffed, Adam. Yep. Well, that's that's the gel. I used to hate gel growing up because. I would, my parents would like gel my bowl cut. Oh, so oh, it was the worst. Mr. and Mrs. Caster, what are you doing? Oh, don't even look at my what once again, my bar mitzvah photos. Don't it looks okay in those, but yeah. Uh, this, this needs gel, this needs gel desperately, but then again, it is so goddamn humid. That there is nothing that is just helping 
this out like ever. Yeah, I'm kind of lucky that I don't have long hair just because of the lack of humidity. I got Utah. two. I got I got two things wrong with me. Oh, the hat just feels so much better. I feel like a person. Um, there, there's two. <laughs> there's two things wrong with with my hair. One, it is long. Two, it is super damn thick. I have yeah. thick ass hair. Thank you, uh, thank you, Big D, Mama Donna, great lady. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I I like my hair where it is, or what, the way it is. Honey, you shouldn't change a thing. You look beautiful the way you are, sweet chicks. I, I do enjoy my hair, and I'm ignoring all of what you just said. Mwah, 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 mwah. So anyway, that's the second uh, piece of hair conversation. This fancy football podcast that's also maybe a hair uh, a men's grooming podcast who knows listen I, I i'm very down if if there's a men's grooming company out there that wants to sponsor us yeah oh, hell yeah yeah because who doesn't love some hair? you know i'll tell you i had some trauma with hair gel when i was little but as an adult i love hair gel can't go can't do anything without it listen men, men, men's care men's care is very important especially men's skin care very, very, very important. How do you think? How do you think my skin just just glows? Is is radiant? Why? Because you got to do a face mask. All men must do a face mask twice a week. Maximum. Twice a week? Maximum. You can get it. We can do it with once a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I I mask my face twice a week. Mm-hmm. I did not do any of that. Oh, absolutely. Nice, nice exfoliant, Adam. Interesting. Absolutely. Twice a week. Good to know. Mondays. Mondays and Thursdays. Maybe ne- maybe next year in the off season we'll have a spinoff. Just talking about skincare, hair care. The search for co- for off season content is over. We talked about men's <laughs> skincare. It's like, yes, the basement talk podcast hygiene show. Listen, <laughs> listen. I'll just provide every everyone with the with the routine. It's very simple. It's very simple. You take a shower. You get out of said shower. You wash your face like you, like you normally do. Brush your teeth because you want to brush your teeth beforehand. Trust me. Then dry your face. Not too dry. You still want a little bit, little bit of something on there, a little bit of moisture. Then you take your mask. I have, I have the uh, the cream. So not oh. like not like the the stick on masks. No, no, no. That's those, why those, I was those, that was the picture in my head. No, 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 no. Those are those are complete garbage. No, 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 no. I have the. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's the uh, Mediterranean deep sea mud mask. It's oh. excellent. I so wash my face take... in the shower, actually. Not like uh, out of yeah, the shower. yeah. But you always you always want to have a nice clean foundation of of water and cleanliness to to, to work okay. with, especially after you brush your teeth and you know you, you might have some like you know toothpaste on like your chinny chin chin. Or something like that. And you want to make sure you're all like cleaned up. You know, it, it's it's just it's just nice to have a clean you know face to work with, but not too dry. But then you put the you put the mud mask on, not too thick, but not too thin either. It, it it's it takes some practice for you to get for you to get the consistency down. Then you leave the mask on for twenty to twenty five minutes. That's it until the actual mask gets hard. So what you do is you just take your finger after twenty minutes. If you can go around your face and nothing is worn on your fingertips, 
you're good. Wash it off in a circular motion, then put it into the sink. Then, then the big part, because I think most people think that they're done. No, you're not done. Then I use uh, Burt's Bees Deep Facial Cleanser. Then I put that on my face. Then I'm done. You know what's hilarious? What's that? Unrelated. But I, the thing that keeps this so much fun is that I never know what's going to happen when we hit record. (laughs) I never know what what we're going to talk about. Listen, some tangents, like they just happen. And I am here to help out my people. Because again, again, I'm the man of the people. I'm a big time cursor. (laughs) And I am also someone who preaches for excellent men's skincare. It is very important. It's very important. Adam, let me ask you a question. And you could you can vouch for this for the rest for the rest of the audience. Adam, have you ever seen me with a pimple on my face in my life? No. There you go. You want to know why? Because of excellent skincare. And and good genes. But excellent skincare. Very, okay. very important. That seems like a big part of it. <laughs> Excellent skincare is very important. So if you want your your free uh, your free skincare tip, there it is. I get I get I gave you my routine. Bam. Okay. Certified. It has the bird seal of approval on it. Bird seal of approval. That's it. That's it. All right. Great. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, you should try it. You, know, you should try it, Adam. It would, it would, it would look it'd make your skin look radiant. I mean, maybe once. You, you should. You should. It's beautiful. Oh, and by the way, um, men who get manicures, manicures, not the polish, not the polish. No, 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 no. Just, no, you get clear polish. Yeah, I, absolutely. There, there you go, Adam. There you no, go. I, there have Why been, not? there were like two times in my life that I've that I had to get a manicure. A pedicure well, too. Pedicure, I think, is important because you have like the calluses. That you know, just build up on your feet and could get a like a little a little nasty. So, I think the pedicures are definitely are definitely more important. But the ma- the manicures go go a long way too. Yep. One time was because I was like living at home and I was like, "You're getting a manicure because your nails look terrible." And the second time was before my sister's wedding. We had to go. My dad and I both had to go get manicures before before that. Listen before before I go to uh, before I go to LA, I'm getting this hair completely cut off. I am getting a full massage. I'll probably get the massage while I'm in LA, but the manicure and the pedicure I'm going to be doing here to make sure that I'm feeling fabulous for when I fly, and make sure that nice. when I land when I land in the city of angels to see my people when I return home to my people, that I'm just looking fabulous. Your people, like your cousins, you're going to my, visit no, your cousins? no, 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 my people, my people. L.A., L.A. is my favorite place in the world. Everybody who knows me knows us. Yeah, I love L.A. Well, is that why you're going? Are you going to just visit family, or yeah. are you going? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nice little, nice little break. Nice little break before the uh, before the fantasy season starts. Nice little long weekend. Nice little long weekend out on the West Coast. Nice. Hopefully, get to play yeah. some golf, play some pickle, go to the beach. Hey, maybe you'll get a. Why don't you, uh, if you haven't booked the flight, schedule a uh, a layover in Salt Lake City, and we can hang out. <laughs> mm. That could be an idea. 
that could be an idea. I'll look. I'll, I'll look at flights and and see what's the less expensive option. I'll let you know. Well, actually, where a are you live, going? A live podcast from the oh same case. We haven't done that since like 2019. No, it's been a long time. Basically, yeah, May 2019. Live from Provo. It's a basement talk podcast fantasy show. Do a mock. Do a mock. The no. worst thing. No, no, we're not doing a mock. No, absolutely not. We'll talk about Kenny Pickett for an hour so that we could there could actually be a fight that happens on this podcast. <laughs> a physical <laughs> altercation. Why are there two random people fighting in the Salt Lake City airport? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it would be the first time ever that ballistic weaponry is ever podcasted. When I just launched a nuclear bomb over you for talking shit about Kenny Pickett. <laughs> call, call, call. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. There's nothing I want to say. I'm not going to say it. I'm being a good boy. I'm thinking before I speak. Let's move on. Please don't. I was going to say also that mocks barely worked when we like didn't work as well, even when we recorded in person. Oh, fuck Mox. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry for anybody who's looking forward to episodes eight, nine, and ten of uh, of the mock draft series. Uh, yeah, no, boxer, boxer. Genuinely awful. Well, I mean, I, mean, when you have I, to do... I, I shouldn't say that. Mocks are great when you do a mock every single day. It's just be- it just becomes repetitive. Or week. Well, we're doing it every week. Oh no, I'm doing a mock every single day because I do this for oh, a living. So that's... I don't I don't have a choice. Oh, I see. Well, that well, doing anything doing anything for an extended period of time, you'll get sick of it. Yes. Yes. Repetition, repetition definitely hurts, and mocks, mocks do get old, do get old after a while. But they are great forms of preparation for anybody who needs them. And like I said on the, uh, like I've been saying on the mock draft shows, Fantasy Pros Draft Simulator, go check it out. You get a mock draft done in five minutes. You can get four mock drafts done in twenty minutes, and you can, move on, even, your, you can move on with your day. I mean, don't even say like whoever needs them, because really, no, you shouldn't be above mock drafts. Nobody is above is above mock drafts at this. They point. are good. They are good practice. They are good. They are good practice and prepare you for any and all situations. But it's when you do them, sure. when you do them, when you do them every single day, yes. after a while, they do get old. Hey, listen, I love Oreos, but if I had to eat Oreos for every meal, I'd I'd hate Oreos after a week. Fair, fair. As would I. Yeah. Now but, pizza. Now pizza every single day. That doesn't sound too bad. No, that doesn't sound too bad at all. No, that doesn't sound. It might bad. take a bit longer to get sick of pizza. Maybe a month. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe like maybe like fifteen years. And chicken maybe parm though, chicken parm though. Mm. Eggplant parm for me. Ooh, I really eggplant. like eggplant. I love eggplant. Eggplant's awesome. Um. Yeah. No. It's just. It's just. It's a weird texture. Sure. Sure, that's a very common complaint. I'm, I'm like kind of a texture guy sometimes with food. No, I am too. I am too. I completely understand it. That's that's why I don't like I don't like soup. That's why I don't like uh, like bone chicken with bones. Same, same ribs, ribs, anything with bone in, I don't do. I mean, ribs are okay, but like with chicken, it's I don't know. I'm not crazy about it. So like chicken wings, bone in chicken wings. 
Yeah, like fried, like yeah, fried chicken, like buffalo yeah. chicken wings or whatever. Yep, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Bone yeah. in, bone in. Nope, no go. Bone in, no go. Uh-uh. Yep. All right. Well, we've covered just about everything, but yeah, we have. We will now, we will now start with the NFC North, Woo! and we're gonna go in alphabetical order. Start off with the Chicago Bears, and Bears. one of your favorite players, Bears. I haven't done that in a long time. No. And one of your favorite guys, Justin Fields. Yeah. He's exciting. He, he's really exciting. We've, we've talked about Justin Fields a lot during the offseason. Um, and basically the whole crux of it has been we've seen what Jalen Hurts has become for fantasy football. Look at Justin Fields' numbers from last year and then compare them to what Justin Fields was in 2021. They're basically identical. What did the Bears do? What did I what did I say on this podcast that the Bears had to do for me to become extremely interested in Justin Fields? They had to go out and get him a true number one wide receiver. What did the Bears do? They went out and they got Justin Fields a true number one wide receiver. So count me very, very interested in Justin Fields for fantasy. The only problem that I'm going to have with Justin Fields is that the price might be a little too rich for my blood. He's going right now in round five. That, for me, is way too expensive. I I would much rather take the chance on Justin Herbert, who is going lower in the ADP than Justin Fields is. I'd rather take the chance. Oh, wow, Lamar Jackson's going higher. Wow. Oh, that's wild. I'd rather take – I would much rather take the chance on – they're they're pretty similar, but I think I would take the chance on Lamar Jackson. I I think the Ravens' offense is just better. Than Chicago. Well, Lamar so. Jackson's more established. Justin Fields, the thing with him is like, I don't think it's a one for one comparison between the Bears and the Eagles as far as what they did for, like, yes, they got no, a number one receiver. It's, it's not for Justin Fields, but, you know, DJ Moore and AJ Brown aren't exactly comparable it, as far as receiving talent. Oh, I, did, I, I disagree. I think DJ Moore is a lot better than you give him credit for. No, he's good, but AJ Brown I think DJ really Moore good. is better than good. I think he's very good. Yeah. I think he's very, very good. I think D. Wait, wait, I don't want to talk about DJ Moore yet. I don't want to, I don't want to talk okay. about DJ Moore yet, but I think that he gets a very bad rap because of what he had to work with with the Carolina Panthers. Like That's probably the, true. The quarterbacks that he played with were god-awful. That's probably true. Justin I, Fields I would... is the best quarterback that DJ Moore has ever had, and that's like not even close. Yes. But also, I feel like part of the Eagles, it was Jalen Hurts, and they had this like almost once in a generation offense and team that I just don't think the Bears have. And like Justin Fields can definitely take a leap in year three. I don't disagree with you on that. And, you know, you hope that he develops, but I don't know if it's going to be the same kind of leap that we that we'd see with Jalen Hurts this past year. Well, let me pull up. I, I agree with you. I don't think we see that seismic of a jump because it would it would have to be a pretty pretty big of a jump, you know, for him to record thirteen rushing touchdowns, uh, thirty seven hundred yards. But I mean, let me just look at the projections. What I have down for him, I have him down for thirty two hundred yards, twenty two touchdowns, and seven rushing touchdowns. That's his baseline. He if he blows that projection out of the water. 
and he clo- he gets close to I'm not saying he gets close to third to thirty seven hundred yards, but if the Bears are bad and he's forced to th- he's forced to throw the ball, then thirty seven thirty seven hundred yards thirty five hundred let's just say thirty five thirty five hundred yards is pretty obtainable, especially if the if the Bears are bad. Um, well, I mean, a lot of might, a lot of the that time might that not we saw, go in his favor. If well, a lot of the time that we saw with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, they were beating teams so bad they were just running the ball out to end games and. We would see the fourth quarter, Jalen Hurts wasn't throwing the ball at all. So if the Bears are, are especially bad and they have to throw the ball, there could be significant upside in terms of the passing yards for Justin Fields. It's the rushing numbers that I think that it, it was really tough to project what I think Justin Fields is going to do with the rushing. I, I put him down for the seven touchdowns. I think it's a pretty conservative number. Can he get double-digit rushing touchdowns? Absolutely he can. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all. And if he does that, coupled with, you know, 20 passing touchdowns as a baseline, you're talking about a guy that's going to be locked in as a top, as a top five quarterback easily. It's just the price with Justin Fields that, that you're going to have to pay, that you're really relying on those rushing numbers because we haven't seen it yet as a passer. He would really have to carry his weight with his legs. And that's the part that I don't really love about Fields. But having DJ Moore there is a big plus, and that should help him. Well, that's the thing, I think, with Justin Fields is that, yes, if the Bears are bad, he'll be throwing more. But if he's throwing more, then that means he's running less. And if he's throwing more and running less and he hasn't developed as a passer and the Bears are bad, then that's not a recipe for success. Well, I think he's getting more dropbacks. And then what he does from there, if a play, if a play breaks down, he's got to take off with his legs. He takes off with his legs. Like I, right. You could you could say that they're going to be more like late in games if they're if they're down by you know fourteen and they're going to they have to throw the ball and there's nothing there. Justin Fields is going to take off. He's going to take off, try and get the ball out of bounds, and he's going to he's going to advance it with his legs. That's the plus. That that's what Justin Fields brings to the table. That is, uh, that is Jalen Hurts esque. But with the passing, like you said, which is 100% correct, we haven't seen it yet. But DJ Moore should help in that regard. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But I mean, but also, this is the year where we find out what Justin Fields really is. Yes, that's also true. Because a lot of the pieces are there. I wouldn't say all the pieces are there for the Bears. Um, but a lot of them are. Oh, he's, he's set up offensively to potentially be very good but just a matter we'll of just can he bring it can he put it together with passing the ball that's the, otherwise that's, that's the biggest concern but other, other than that i mean justin fields is a, is a is a fantasy diamond that is just waiting to be uncovered it's just the price for me kind of like real diamonds and i would also say i would also say too before we move on to uh Khalil Herbert. Justin Fields is a great candidate that you have to pair with another quarterback after him with a, with a safe option with like um, with an Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins. Um, Dak would be a little expensive. A Jared Goff, I think, would be a great option. Someone's going to be super cheap and you can just have back and up Matthew Stafford. Those are all great options you could pair with, with Justin Fields, where if, God forbid, it doesn't go well, you have a guy that's just ready. You could plug and play right away and you know you're going to get your baseline from your second quarterback well if justin fields doesn't show it this year then the 2021 quarterback class might be just a wash it'll just Uh, be trevor lawrence trevor lawrence and a bunch of guys Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, pretty much. Which kind of sucks, but whatever. Um, let's go to the running backs. A lot of guys to talk about here. Um, well, I mean, two big ones. It's Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson, one of your guys that you that you like. And I mean also uh Deonta Foreman. Yeah, this is this has the potential to get to get a little messy. Because the Bears, we know they like they like to use multiple running backs. We saw that a year ago where David Montgomery was the guy, but then every other drive it would be Khalil Herbert that would be out there and and getting a run. I would say this. I'm not a Khalil Herbert guy. I think he's good, but I don't know if he is starting running back in the National Football League can carry the load for 16 games good. But 17 now. 17. Thank you. But what I will say, for the price that you're getting him at right now, where on um, Fantasy Pros, they have his ADP at 120th overall. What are we doing? How many starting running backs are going in the in like the thirteenth round or twelfth right. round? Right, I, I'm I'm checking that on on NFC because that that to me feels really low, and I I I want to just make sure that that number is right because there are some numbers where I could yeah I could be like yeah sure I I believe that, but that number seems to be really 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 low. Uh, let me just see for the month of July. Let's see if I could find uh, Khalil Herbert. Wow. He's going a hundred. So NFC has his ADP right now at 104. Oh, that that's wild to me. Like, he's a starting running back. Yeah, he's he is a starting running back that you are getting in the 11th round. Like, and listen, I like I said, I am not the biggest Khalil Herbert fan. But I mean, come on! Like, what, what, what are we doing? He, he is a absolute classic example of a guy that is no doubt going to outperform his ADP by default, just because he is a starting running back for for the Chicago Bears. Now, what I will say, the downside for Khalil Herbert is. He has had periods where he has been either ineffective because David Montgomery has been there and hasn't gotten enough run or he just hasn't been good. And there have been periods as well, especially last year, where he was hurt. There is competition that is definitely behind him, and I am a big, big, big fan of Roshan Johnson. It's kind of the Devin A. Chain example that I bring up with Miami, where Devin A. Chain only has, for right now, only has... Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert that he has to overtake. Roshan Johnson has to overcome Deonta Foreman and Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert was a guy that Matt Eberflus was not around when he dra- when he was drafted. That was under Matt Nagy. Roshan Johnson is a guy that Matt Eberflus drafted. And we see this all the time where coaches that don't necessarily have guys they drafted there's no loyalty to those guys. There's, there's no need to be loyal to them if they don't perform well. Roshan Johnson has a clear pathway to being very, very relevant and very, very important for fantasy. But with that being said, Khalil Herbert is still someone that, I mean, at 104th overall, I mean, come on. You, you yeah, what are we to, doing? You have to go in on that. And I mean, some of the guys that they, 
You have Jamal Williams. You have A.J. Dillon going above Khalil Herbert. Like, what are we doing? That's crazy. That's that's, that's psychotic to me. Uh, let me just, let me just see where I, I let me just make sure that I'm not crazy, and let me just make sure where I have him in my overalls. Uh, I have Khalil Herbert at eighty third, which is still round nine. Yeah, I mean, maybe people think that he's not. Well, he's a starting running back, but only in the way where he gets the first carry, and that's it. No, I think it gets. I think it gets more than that. I really do. I really, really do. I mean, well, like the only, he gets the, the first carry kind of, committee I, I, from there. The only thing that could worry me is that maybe Deonta Foreman takes some goal line. And that would be really annoying. But in between the twenties, at least to start, it should be Khalil Herbert. And then what happens after there? If he's ineffective, you know, is anybody's guess. But you're taking him in round eleven according to the ADP. That's free. That's yeah. free. And if he does stink, and it does become Roshan Johnson, then you cut him. Then you cut him. Like I, yep. You, you should not be married to guys that you're taking in the double digit rounds. You should not be married to them. If they're ineffective or bad. You just release them. They're 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 not the same as a guy you're taking in round five. They're just not. Yep, for sure. All right. Um, anybody else on? For running backs, or do you want to move on to DJ Moore? I mean, I think I think I kind of covered everything pretty much in full. Khalil Herbert's the starter. Deonta yep. Foreman could be a touchdown vulture. And Roshan Johnson is a very interesting name that could potentially be the starter. All right. Sounds good. DJ Moore. I mean, this is probably the guy we're going to have a big fight over. I think DJ Moore is very, very, very good. And I think he's a great addition for the Chicago Bears. Now... The only thing that holds DJ Moore back in the Chicago Bears offense is like we talked about before, it, it is Justin Fields. That that is the biggest non-sticking point is do you trust Justin Fields? If you if you like DJ Moore, you have to like Justin Fields and his ability to throw the ball. And I think most people, you and I included, will say that, that is unproven, like we said before. But DJ Moore has been a guy who we've seen have thousand yard seasons before. The touchdown numbers have been eh. He's been basically a two and a four touchdown guy every year of his career. Last year was an outlier at seven touchdowns, but also had the second fewest receptions of his career with 63 catches uh, a year ago. His rookie year was the lowest at 55. Can he be a thousand yard guy? Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. I don't have him as that just because of the state of the Bears' offense. Um, but will he be all right? Yeah, he'll probably he'll probably be he'll probably be all right. I just don't know if I'm going to be willing to go crazy for for DJ Moore. I think I I would probably want somebody else to go in at. At his price, I have him as my wide receiver, 19. And this goes into a much further discussion that I know uh, Jake and I are going to have at some point when we go through and do our rankings debates. I know that him and I, off air, have had this conversation. Looking at the receivers that are in that 17 to about 26, 27 range, they're kind of ugly. Like, I, I personally, I know Jake... Jake has said this as well. 
I don't want to be picking from that group. I really don't. That Keenan Allen, uh, Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, Drake London, Christian Watson, Debo Samuel. I don't want to be picking from that group. I would much rather know that I have a Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, locked and loaded, and then start with a running back You know, in that 15 to 20 range, looking at potentially a uh, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Jameer Gibbs, Alexander Madison, much rather than picking from that group. But going back to DJ Moore, He'll be fine. He's just not going to be the receptions guy that we've seen him to be in, in Carolina for a thousand yards and 75, 80 catches obtainable. Sure. 80 might be on the high end, but it, that's just the state of this bears offense. I don't expect them to have, um, have a lot of there to be a massive amount of volume, especially in, in the, in the past game. It's going to be run first and Justin Fields making plays with his legs as previously stated. Yeah, I mean, like, where's the fight? Because I totally agree with what you what you said. Oh, good. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I just think with Justin Fields, I am not comfortable with taking DJ Moore where he's going. I'll tell you, I'll tell you where he's going in the ADP, and then you can tell me if you like him or not. He's going, he's going around six. Who's going around him, receiver wise? Uh, would you rather have DJ Moore? Or the newest Tennessee Titan, DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh, I think I'd rather have Hopkins. I'd rather have more. I would rather have more. DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley. Ooh, that's a good Calvin Ridley's going in the sixth round? He's going in round five. Oh, is it going around five? Mm-hmm. Um hmm. I think I'd rather have Ridley. I'd rather have more. DJ Moore or Terry McLaurin? Well, big Terry McLaurin guy. I have McLaurin. I'd rather have more. Uh, DJ Moore or Amari Cooper? Uh, That one, I think I'd rather have more. I'd rather have Cooper. I'd rather have Cooper. Of and Cooper, and there's a big difference in the ADP too. Cooper's going 37th overall. He's going around four right now. I'll give you one more. DJ Moore or maybe someone that could be a little bit uh, pretty similar to him. DJ Moore or Christian Watson? Ooh. Well, here's the thing. We know they're, nothing about Jordan Love. They're, separated, they're separated by one in my ranks. <laughs> we, we know nothing about Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. We at least know something about Justin Fields. Yeah. I'd probably take DJ Moore. As weird as it is to say, I think DJ Moore is the safer of those options. I would rather more, but that's really close. Because I, I do love Christian Watson a lot. Yeah. As as we all know. And, uh, we do. All right. Um, you want to talk about like Chase Claypool or Darnell Mooney or Darnell Mooney? I I tell you what, as 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 a wide receiver too, he's not awful. He really isn't that bad. He's a he's a top fifty receiver for me. But does he have upside? Yeah, he he, he definitely does. 
Um, so I'm not completely writing off Darnell Mooney. Chase Claypool, done. Done. In the bin. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. That, that dude is a terrible football player. And I, I've said that for a long time. That dude, that dude is bad. It's very, very rarely do I do I like to really go on the offensive against against guys. That dude is bad. Yeah, that's this is weird, like uncharacteristic of you. It, 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 yeah, it's very off brand because nor- normally I am very PC when it comes to uh, personal feelings towards players. I think Chase Claypool is, is a bad football player. Chase Claypool won't be a guest in this podcast anytime soon. No, well, we don't have guests, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Chase Claypool. No, 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 uh-uh, no. All right, Ain't cool. It. Well, we can go to somebody that you really like, and that was Cole Komet. Um, he's weird. He's really weird because why do the Bears uh, sign Robert Tunyon? Robert Tunyon is also there, and I think Robert Tunyon is going to be involved more often than we think. And it also comes down to the volume that's going to be in this offense. And is Cole Komet going to get enough where we think he's going to be week to week consistent enough? I don't think so. Even though last year he led the team in targets and catches, receiving yards and in touchdowns. Because who the fuck else would do that in that's that the offense? Point. They had like that's, no receivers. That's the point. They got to a point where it was so bad that really the only recognizable name for the Chicago Bears was Cole Komet. Like, let me let me just pull up the Week 18 uh, Chicago Bears, and let's just see who was catching passes for them at the end of the oh, year. Boy. I know Darnell Mooney. I, I don't think Darnell Mooney was there. I, I Why do I feel like he was hurt? Um, Chase Claypool might have been on that team. No, I feel like he, I feel like he was uh, hurt too. Let's see. Let's see. Game recap, box score. If my thing wants to work. Aha. Okay. So. Yep. Okay. So uh, Chase Claypool was there. Cole Komet led the team in receiving yards that day. Adam, outside of Cole Komet and Chase Claypool, can you tell me another name? That caught a pass that day for the Chicago Bears. I can because I because I pulled up the score too. Oh, the box score too. That's no fucking fun. I, I'm sorry, but Venus some of the names: Jones, Dante Pettis, Nikhil Harry, Byron Pringle, Pringle, Equidivius St. Brown, and Treston Ebner were targeted. Oh, like, are you having a laugh? That's, that's brutal. One catch for negative one yards. Brutal. Horrific. Now, with DJ Moore there, with Darnell Mooney back, this starts to look like a semblance of an offense. Is Cole Komet going to still get the targets and the yards and the touchdowns that maybe he was getting last year? That's definitely a wait and see. He's a top 12 quarter uh, tight end for me. Top 12 quarterback. Top 12 tight end for me. He's right at 12. He's in that he's in that stream weekly stream category, someone that you know touchdown or bust sort of range. Yeah, I just they were the Bears were so bad last year. Yeah, 
No, they were bad. Yeah, it was not not a great day. You know who was starting that game? It wasn't even Justin Fields. Well, of course you do because you looked at the box score. I didn't even look who the quarterback was for 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 the Bears that day. Was it um? Was it Chase Daniel? No. No, it wasn't Chase Daniel. He uh, almost played against the Jets. It was Nathan Peterman. Oh, Mr. Peterman. I like him. It was P- Peterception. I like him. I like Peter- him. Mr. Mr. Peterman. Peterception and Jets legend Tim Boyle were all was also in that game. Wow. I, I can't even remember that Nathan Peterman actually played in a game. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what's even crazier? He didn't throw an interception. He didn't wow. throw one interception. Well, they're also playing the Vikings. So Yeah, but they lost by like they lost by 16. They were also playing the Vikings. <laughs> that Viking that Vikings defense was bad. They lost yeah. they lost to the New York Giants at home. I know. I know. The Vikings aren't good in the playoffs. No, they're not. No, they're not. Top five biggest, biggest chokes in uh, professional sports. Minnesota Vikings have to be on that list. Yes. All right. Next up, the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, as a late round guy, and we talked about this a little bit, we we hinted at it a little bit. Jared Goff. Yeah, we we've talked about Jared Goff so much this off season. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to keep bashing, uh, bashing it over the head. As a late round guy, as Adam said, Jared Goff is a fantastic option, a, a really, really, really good option. Um, he's not going to be a he's not going to be a thirty touchdown guy, I don't think. But will he be in that twenty five to twenty eight range? I think it's a very realistic expectation for him. It looks like he's really found a home with with the Detroit Lions, and it really helps that when you have one of the best up and coming receivers in the National Football League on your team, my child. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, but yeah, in terms of a late round guy or someone that you want to pair with, maybe a younger guy that has a greater ceiling, Jared Goff is an excellent option. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, The running backs. This is an interesting one. Well, basically, after this, it gets is where it gets interesting. Interesting, because the running backs for the Lions are weird, and they've been weird. But it's just two two new guys. I see. I don't think it's very weird. I think I think it's just going to be the same as it was, just with different names. David Montgomery is going to be your Jamal Williams. And Jameer Gibbs is going to be your DeAndre Swift. Now, the question is going to be, can Jameer Gibbs do what DeAndre Swift could not do? And that is separate from Jamal Williams and have this backfield all to himself. That's A. And B. Also stay healthy. Well, stay healthy, yes. And then B, will the Detroit Lions give him the opportunity to do that? Is also part of it because they they gave David Montgomery a pretty decent chunk of change. You know you're not paying you're not going to be paying a number two running back six million dollars a year. You're, you're just yet not they overdrafted be- Jameer Gibbs. Well, see that word overdrafted. I don't I don't like that word because clearly well, okay. they they felt like they felt like there was a guy that is going to go in and help their football team. I think the Detroit Lions and this is very akin to 
Christian Kirk last year when everyone said I was a nut, including my co-host here. Okay. Did did were, were you a fan of Christian Kirk like I was? I said okay. I agree with you. This is a case of when you have to take your personal feelings about what a team did and take it not as, oh, man, they really fucked up, but take it as they're telling us something. The Lions, despite how we feel, thought so highly of Jameer Gibbs that they took him way higher than anybody else would have even possibly imagined. Yet despite that, it is very, very clear that the Detroit Lions have a plan to incorporate Jameer Gibbs early and to incorporate him often. Now, what that number is going to come out to in terms of a projection, I have him down for over 215 plus touches. Is that low? It probably is going to be low at the end of the day. Does he have double digit touchdown upside total? Yes, he absolutely does. Does he have over 1,200, 1,300 yard potential? Yes, he absolutely does. But again, it's just a matter of all the factors that I highlighted before. Does he get the chance to be the guy on his own or will he be in a split with David Montgomery? And if he is in a split with David Montgomery, then it's going to be very similar to what we saw last year where Jamal Williams getting all the goal line stuff and all the Jameer Gibbs managers are pissed off. And they're just going to kind of hope that Jameer Gibbs is going to be able to make something of his own where... He's getting the yards. He's getting the opportunities in between the 20s. But when it gets uh, in close, they're not counting on Jameer Gibbs. It, it's a weird situation, but his upside is tremendous. He is worth the stab at, let's just see where he's going. He's going to the back end of round four. That's great. That's great. I, I, I'm I'm on board with that. Well, the thing is, though, that the Lions are just, they're telling us contradicting things. Because, I mean, maybe they didn't think that they were going to get Jameer Gibbs because free agency happens before the draft. Although they traded, it was, it's weird because they, it's a weird timeline of events, frankly. So Jamal Williams leaves in free agency. They signed David Montgomery to a big contract. They draft Jameer Gibbs in the first round. Then they trade DeAndre Swift. They wanted a new core of guys to work with. I mean, I don't, I don't blame them for one, for wanting to change it up. I mean, yeah, we're, should they have done it? Should they maybe have re-signed Jamal Williams that other than giving more money to David Montgomery? Sure, but maybe they viewed David Montgomery as a better Jamal Williams. And if and if they do, then you can't fault them for wanting to for wanting to upgrade. If they think David Montgomery is an upgrade on Jamal Williams, I think they, they think Jameer Gibbs is an upgrade on DeAndre Swift. Then, Mazel. Then they should have two running backs that are going to be way better than their predecessors were at their positions. I guess so. I, yeah. This is definitely kind of like a wait and see deal. See, I really don't think it is. I really don't think it is. I, I think it is, it's pretty black and white. You know what it's going to be. The ceiling is a lot greater with Jameer Gibbs. The floor is probably going to be safer with David Montgomery. And yeah. the eighty, the ADP kind of shows it. Gibbs is at thirty-eight, while Montgomery is at. If I could find him, 
Montgomery at 82nd overall. I tell you what. That is that is pretty good. I tell you what. That ain't bad. I'll take that. Yeah. I would too. Yeah, I, I would I would absolutely take that. I think that's that's, that's really good. I like yep. that a lot. James Conner, seventy fifth overall too. That that's what? Never mind. Yeah, yeah. What, oh are, my God. what are we doing? That's yeah, ridiculous. Th- th- yeah, this this ADP is in is in wacky land. Anyway, uh, carrying on. Let's talk about let's talk about happy things. Let's talk about happy players. Adam, is there a happy player that you want to talk about? Sure. Let's talk about Amon Ross St. Brown. Ah, ah, what a guy! I love him. My boy. He's he's special. He is. Ah, oh, he's so special. He, re- he really is. He really is. Like my boy. He makes me so proud e- every single day. My wide receiver nine in in full point PPR. He's awesome. He, he, he is so great. And what do the Detroit Lions do during the offseason? Who'd they bring in? Nobody. Marvin Jones? Okay. All right. Fine. Jameson Williams is going to be suspended. They brought in only Marvin Jones. Yeah. I just smell lots and lots of targets for Amon Ross St. Brown. This, this, this young man, he, he, he has... 110 catch, over 1,200 yards, 8-9 touchdown potential written all over him. This dude, this dude's a star. This dude is, he is an absolute star. And anybody who hasn't realized it yet, you're missing the boat. He is a, he is a player that you should be drafting in the second round of your PPR drafts. Half PPR, you probably say he's probably lower part of round two. PPR, if you were to take him as high as 14 overall, I wouldn't blame you. ADP right now has him at 13 overall. Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. He's an incredible boy. Love him. Thank you for making Papa proud. <laughs> um, Before we go into, I don't know how much we will talk about the tight ends, but we should. Well, I do. Before we go into the tight ends, I do want to, no, talk, I know. James, I, I do want to talk about I, Jameson I, Williams. That's what I was going to say. Perfect. See, look at us. Look at us, sweetheart. We're on the same page. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask me. Ask me your question. If you were just gonna, if you would just let me do my transition. <laughs> well, I don't know where you're going. Ninety nine percent of the time, you could be, you could be getting ready to go on a tangent about hot tub time machine. You go on a tangent about hot tub time machine one time, and you never hear the end of it. It happens. It happens. Okay. Don't do a podcast for a vacation ever again. Noted. No. Yeah, noted. So, yeah, before we move on to the tight ends, we do need to talk about kind of the elephant in the room with Jameson Williams and his six-game suspension. I mean, it sucks. Yeah. Because you expected him, you know, it's going to be redshirt year last year, then come in and you know, kind of hit the ground running as the number two receiver for this for this offense. And he's gonna miss the first six games. I mean, it 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 sucks. Um 
a very limited sample size, as we know, with, with Jamison Williams. Granted, the sample size, you know, is, is <laughs> I mean, he came back and just decided when, you know, it was pretty much all said and done week 14 at championship. Anybody who started him had a 41-yard touchdown that didn't catch a pass for the rest of the season. It's crazy. His one and only catch of, of his career is a 41-yard touchdown. Might as well just so retire. Far. So far. So far. Um, he, he's he, he's a late-round flyer. That's really what he is. Because you, you don't you don't know what he's going to be. So it's not like it's not like a DeAndre Hopkins situation from you know last year where you know he suspended six games. There's a bump at there's a bump in his price, and you could say to yourself, Oh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get DeAndre Hopkins for the second half of the year after a six-game suspension. This is great. It's not the same thing because Jameson Williams, we don't know what Jameson Williams is. He he has zero track record of the National Football League. You can't be drafting him with anything more than a late round pick as a pure speculative pick that you're going to be comfortable holding for six weeks on your roster. Newsflash, he is not worth it. There is no 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th round pick under the sun that is worth holding for six weeks. There just isn't. Especially since you can't put, you can't put suspended players on IR. Can you? No, you can't. No, you can't. Unless, unless it, unless rules in your league specify it. Like I know, I know in uh CBS, there's a setting where you can put suspended players in your IR. And then of course, um, sleeper for any of our dynasty players, you know, always looking out for y'all. Um, there is a there is you can work it where you could put spent players in, in in your IR, but again it's it's just not worth it. It really isn't. So for me, I, I, I I'm just advising everybody it's probably best to stay away from from Jameis Williams. Just use your fab if he does really well and pick him up. Uh yeah. Yeah, you could fight. You could definitely get into the get into the fight uh, for him on on waivers if he if he does go nuts, or or if you know he's coming back in two weeks, you're in week four and you're on waivers and you see Jameson Williams sitting there and you want to pick him up, put a dollar bid for him, hold him for two weeks. That's fine. That's that's cool. I'm good with that. But you can't be holding him for six weeks when that roster spot could go to something definitely more valuable. Because you, Jameson Williams, on your roster, you're waiting for him to come back. You're zero and six, one and five, two and four. I'm sorry, he's not helping you. But if you're five and one, six and zero, oh, and Jamison Williams is sitting there on waivers, then you're like, huh, he could be interesting. Hell yeah, go for it. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so now we'll move on to the tight ends. This is pretty quick, right? Mm. Like Brock, I like Sam, I guess. I like San Laporta a lot. And I do think out of all the tight ends that were drafted, I think Sam Laporta has the clearest route to being successful immediately in year one. It's it's close between him, him, Kincaid, Mayer, but Laporta, I think, is the unquestioned number one in Detroit. And all in all, he's probably the number two or number three option in the passing game. The only the only slight doubt that I have is 
to see tight ends break out in year one is very uncommon. Like we don't see it very often, but if there is one that could potentially pop or maybe a year where one could potentially pop, it could be this year with either Laporta, Kincaid, or Mayer. I think Laporta has as good of a shot as Kincaid and Mayer to to be that guy that potentially breaks out in in his rookie year. He's definitely worth a speculative ad, no doubt in my mind. Yep, absolutely. All right, next up, the Green Bay Packers. And we will start with noted Utah State Aggie, Jordan Love. He's worth a late-round flyer. He seems to have the respect of the Packers locker room from what I hear, that the players are in love with him already. They love the change that, you know, Aaron Rodgers being out the door, Jordan Love being in. The Packers locker room, from what I'm told, we're kind of done with the whole Aaron Rodgers soap opera fiasco sort of thing. Bring in a new guy, new voice, new leader, different style of offense. It all is a good recipe for things to potentially change in Green Bay, but is it going to be fruitful or not? That's the biggest question. With Jordan Love, what I will say, the rushing upside is very appealing because we know he has the ability with his legs. The passing, we have not seen enough of. He's only attempted 83 passes since entering the league in 2020. So there is a lot to be seen there as to whether or not he is polished or not. Uh, I've been told that it's been very hot and cold with Jordan Love. He looks good one day, then not so good the next. What does aid him when looking at you know more advanced stuff, he has the easiest schedule against four quarterbacks this year. He has the number one schedule for quarterbacks against defenses for uh, 2023. That is definitely helpful, and he goes up against the Vikings, who their secondary was suspect last year. The Lions, who are getting better in the secondary and have made great improvements in their secondary over the offseason, but it's one of those, you know, wait and see, you know, got to see it to believe it sort of thing. And the Chicago Bears, who, you know, same thing, got to see it to believe it. So on paper, those could be four to six matchups right there where Jordan Love could potentially have himself a day, but he's in the very, he's in a very similar situation, you know, with, with some of the other younger, younger guys like a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud, where you definitely need another option in front of him. I love Jordan Love as a QB two. If you're looking for someone with superior, um, high end QB two upside, I think Jordan Love could very easily be that in terms of maybe someone that comes out of nowhere and is surprisingly very, very good. Yeah, I'll tell you, Joe, I like Jordan Love's first first five weeks. Because if you if you'd like, I'll read them out to you. At Chicago, at Atlanta, home against New Orleans, home against Detroit, at Las Vegas, week six bye. That's really good. And That's his really playoff good. schedule is home against the Bucks at Carolina at Minnesota. That's really good. He's worth it. He's absolutely worth an ad. And he's costing you 
nothing. Do it. And if he's not good, if he's not good, you cut him. But again, you have to pair him up with someone that is steady. Pair him up with Cousins, pair him up with Rodgers, pair him up with Geno, Goff, Stafford. Someone's going to get that's going to be very, very steady. And if Jordan Love outperforms that, then Basel. Yep. Although it is funny pairing up Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers just for, for poetry. The irony. Yes, the irony. Okay. Uh, the running backs. Uh, what has what needs to be said that hasn't been said about Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon? They're they're weird. They're really really weird because I think and again I I've never been an Aaron Jones guy. Like I was very excited for him last year because of the potential for him to just be a target monster. For Aaron Rodgers, and he was he he was he was pretty good last year in 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 the receiving department, but it, it just is without Aaron Rodgers there, you you have to really bank on the Packers to be good for there to be a sustainable level of excitement with Aaron Jones, and there's no guarantee that the Packers are going to be any good, and if they're not. Does Aaron Jones have a thousand yard season like he's done three of the last four years? I'm not so sure about that. And then you got to look at the touchdown numbers too from Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had two touchdowns last year, two rushing touchdowns. That is not nearly good enough for someone that you're looking to draft as a potential top 20 ish running back. So, plus, you think the touchdowns would go down? With Green Bay also this year. That's also that's also a very good point is, you know, you got to look at the amount of touchdowns that potentially could be in this offense. How many rushing touchdowns are going to be going in the way of, of, of Aaron Jones? You know, do they really do the Packers lean on A.J. Dillon? Is A.J. Dillon that, you know, that touchdown guy now? Do the Packers throw the ball potentially more? And does Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs get it, get it on that action? It's quite it's quite possible. It's it's probably the most uncomfortable that I've been investing in Aaron Jones in a long time. And I've never been one that's gone crazy for Aaron Jones, but this is not the year that I'm going to be going and doing it. Uh, Aaron Jones right now in the ADP, if I can find him, he's going 47th overall. If I pull him up in my ranks, I have him at, wow, I have, I have him at 46th overall. So basically right on the money with where the ADP is right now. He is just someone that I'm not super excited about. Like just looking at the guys that are around him, Kenneth Walker is going a spot in front of him in the ADP. Joe Mixon is a sp- is, a, is six spots behind him. J.K. Dobbins is 10 spots behind him. I would much rather take the stab on Mixon, Dobbins, Sanders, Madison, who are 13 and 14 spots behind him. I'd rather take the stab on any of those guys. Than, than Aaron Jones. I think the the floor the floor is probably okay. The ceiling is just really, really, really limited. Yeah, I, I agree with you on all that. Honestly, AJ um, AJ Dillon though, if you're looking for touchdowns, I think AJ Dillon will provide them. Yep, but risky, uh, really risky yeah. to go to go and do because the volume won't the there won't be enough volume there. So if you're starting him as like a low-level flex option, he has to score to return value or Aaron Jones has to be hurt. 
Uh, next, the receivers. I know that you're, we all know that you're a fan of Christian Watson. Yeah, I won't spend too much time on Christian Watson. He's going to be awesome. The only the only complaint that I have with Watson is the amount of catches maybe that he's going to have. And, you know, does, does Christian Watson catch enough balls where he could be super sustainable on a week-to-week basis? I think, I think a baseline of 75 and a shade under 1,000 yards with seven, eight touchdowns, I think that's a very fair uh, projection for Christian Watson. And they also like to use him on those end-arounds. So Christian Watson could also be a threat coming out of the backfield. So that's also something that could be slept on a little bit for those for those design plays. I'm not saying it's going to be Debo Samuel by any means, but on the end-arounds, they could use Christian Watson, could get him the ball, could get him into space, and see what happens there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything else. I mean, we could talk about Romeo Dobbs. I think Romeo Dobbs is very interesting because there has to be another receiver for the Green Bay Packers that has to emerge to partner with Christian Watson. And there are people around the industry that, you know, I respect that are very, very smart. I've been doing this a lot longer than I have that absolutely love Romeo Dobbs. They like Romeo Dobbs a lot more than Christian Watson. And while I think Christian Watson is a lot more talented than Romeo Dobbs, it's kind of hard to, to argue the points that they're making when you have Christian Watson that is going 54th overall in the ADP and Romeo Dobbs is going 123rd overall. The value is much better for Romeo Dobbs. I had a feeling it was going to be ADP related. I had a feeling. There's a stab and everything comes down, comes down to value. And, you know, if we think if Romeo Dobbs, all he has to do is outperform a 13th round pick. Whereas Christian Watson, we're talking about Christian Watson in the same range as we're talking about Amari Cooper, we're talking with Keenan Allen, we're talking with Tyler Lockett, guys that have been there, done that. So who is the mm, – I'm trying to think of the, of the, of the way to, to say this. What is the safer play? Drafting Christian Watson in round six or Romeo Dobbs in round 13? It's obviously drafting Romeo Dobbs in, in, in round 13, but – where is the ceiling greater? I still think the ceiling is greater with taking Christian Watson. And that's that that's kind of where I'm I'm laying my my foundation is is on Christian Watson to become the number one option for Jordan Love in the Packers offense. Well, if the ceiling was higher for Romeo Dobbs, he wouldn't be going in the 13th round. Is the thing. I think the ce- I think the ceiling is the, the ceiling. The ceiling is still pretty high with Romeo Dobbs. I'm just saying it's not. But do I see a thousand yard potential with Romeo Dobbs like I see with Christian Watson? I don't. But do I see seven, eight hundred yards with five or six touchdowns? It could be a flex in 12, 14, 14 team PPR leagues, maybe as a, as a third wide receiver on bye weeks. Yeah, I, I absolutely see that potential. Yeah, I'm just saying like his ADP would be higher. If people saw more, uh, more out of him or had higher hopes for him, I think his ADP would be a lot higher if Aaron Rodgers were still in town. Well, yeah, I I think that the Packers are just uh, the ADPs right now with the Green Bay Packers are a big result of Aaron Rodgers no longer being there. I mean, and that's people the are just thing. Very scared to invest in that, which I don't blame them. Like I I I, I don't, but we also have to consider that. You know, maybe, and I know this is going to be very terrible for Jets fans to hear. So, Adam, if you want to cover your ears, go ahead and say this uh, and, and do it. 
but I kind of think, you know, we're not talking enough about maybe Aaron Rodgers is just kind of done and that it wasn't that the receiving core was bad last year. And it, it was an inexperienced receiving core, I'm not saying that, that it, it wasn't, but let's not act like Aaron Rodgers was that great. I mean, there were throws that Aaron Rodgers were making was making last year that you could say, oh, maybe the receiver missed a cut or, you know, defenders, you know, were just jumping those receivers more than they were with Devontae Adams. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers made more mistakes last year than he had than he had previously in previous years. So you have to wonder if maybe, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the, the decline is is definitely happening. But there's no doubt Aaron Rodgers is in a much better situation now with the Jets than he is with than he would have been with the Packers. But where you're breaking my heart. Younger team, younger team, more upside, more potential with this team. I think that will respond better to Jordan Love being the signal caller more than they would have responded to Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, that's a, a, listen, he's my guy. I love Aaron Rodgers. But I think with Devontae Adams being there, it was different because you knew Aaron Rodgers looking one way. 12-17 connection. Last year, it was just kind of like, well, these, these young young kids, they're just like, you know, all right, you're Aaron Rodgers. Cool. Awesome. We have to look at potentially, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the best of Aaron Rodgers done. We're going to wait. We're going to wait and see. But that's this is an Aaron Rodgers conversation. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is very interesting. He's very, very, very interesting for fantasy. So the, the real question, I guess, with this would be, with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson is can the Packers offense and can Jordan love, and we'll find the answer to this at the end of the season, but can Jordan love facilitate two receivers, two starting caliber fantasy receivers? I think he has the potential to do so. Yes, I think so. But we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see, but who, who was the guy that I'll hang my hat on as to be the definite number one receiver there? I'll hang my hat on Christian Watson being that guy. Yeah, I, I don't no know. No doubt there's a ton of potential with Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, just a lot of questions. With, for sure, with Green for Pack. sure. A lot of questions with the Packers. Way, way more than there have been in, in recent years when Aaron Rodgers was there. Yep. Um, anybody at tight end? Um. I mean, is there? This is also part of the part of the the uh, the issue. Is is there going to be a tight end for Green Bay that's going to be sustainable? That's going to get sustainable enough production. There's Luke Musgrave that's there, rookie tight end. Um, you know, I'm just kind of meh. You know, it's it's gonna be Musgrave or, or they also drafted um, Tucker Craft. That's who it is. Two rookie tight ends. You know, it's it's they're going younger in offense. Though I, I find it very hard that they're going to be sustainable enough on a week to week basis for for fantasy. So I would ignore the the Packers tight ends. But right. but what I will say what I will say is what is a young quarterback's best friend? Tight end. They're tight end exactly. So maybe there's something there that I'm just overlooking. But on paper, to me. Uh, the Packers tight ends are uh, are uninteresting. All right. Last but not least, the Minnesota Vikings. And we'll start with Kirk Cousins. This won't take very long. 
He's very Kirk boring. Is Kirk Cousins. He is very boring. But man, oh man, is he gonna get the job done? When especially when it's one o'clock on a Sunday. Yes. Only mostly only when it's one o'clock on a Sunday. Mostly when it's one o'clock on a Sunday. The man will get will get the job done. My QB 13, super steady. Draft him, then go draft a young QB with significant upside. Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, one of those guys. Perfect duo for, for Kirk Cousins to be a part of for your fantasy teams. Yep. That was pretty easy. Um, he's a, he's that- a guy that's looked that's overlooked every single year, and some way, somehow, by week seven, people are amazed when they look at who they're playing for the week and see, oh, wow, my opponent is starting Kirk Cousins against me? He's overlooked every single year. Yeah. Good for, and good why? For Kirk if you're drafting Justin Jefferson, why are you not drafting his quarterback? It's the easiest stack to acquire of all time. I know. If he, if everybody loves Justin Jefferson so much, then why do people hate Kirk Cousins? That's the real yes. question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Are people just, he's not catching a pass from a jugs machine. Right. It's from Kirk Cousins. Right. It's maddening. And guess what? When Kirk Cousins is no longer there, maybe after this year, I think people are going to realize just how good Kirk Cousins really is. Well, you know, it's like, it's, it's so hard to be so consistently good. Like Kirk Cousins has been. Yeah, And that's what he's been. That's exactly what he's been. He has just been consistently good. Man, I and sometimes, and sometimes that's all you need. That's yep. all you need. It's just someone that's just consistently steady. And that's what Kirk Cousins is with, with a decent enough ceiling where he can get you. When we saw it last year, he was posting 25, 30 point weeks pretty consistently. I think he finished just like the QB seven. Yeah. And with this offense, he might, it might be, he might be uh, pretty good. This yeah. Year. I mean, this is, this is a fantasy hotspot for, for a lot of people. And, you know, if you're, if you're going crazy over, uh, Alexander Madison, Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, a lot of sins. TJ Osborne. KJ Osborne, yeah. KJ Osborne. That's what I meant to say. There are a lot of there are a lot of sons. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you could be like the Jets defensive line from like a bunch of years ago, where it was Damon Harrison, Muhammad Wilkerson, and Sheldon Richardson. Mm-hmm. And they were called the Sons of Anarchy. It could be the same thing here. Yep. Alexander Mattis' son, Jordan Addis' son, Justin Jefferson's son, TJ Hawkins' son. Oh, God, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. AJ Osborne, close. Just... Very close. Very, very, very close. But, but not a part of the group, unfortunately. No. But uh, let's move on to uh, Alexander Madison. I love him. I absolutely love him. I think that he is just being absolutely slept on in the ADP. He's going in round seven. Like, are we are we out of our minds? He's a number one running back for the Minnesota Vikings. What are we doing in this community? Like, what? 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 Alexander Madison has a thousand yard. 11-12 touchdown potential written all over him. Now, will he hurt you with potentially the catches? Maybe. I don't I don't really see a, a, 
a way for Alexander Madison to be a 40 catch guy. Could he be? Sure. I don't really see it. But how he's going in round seven, like that's crazy today. He's my RB15 in full point PPR. And in my overalls, I have him at 31st in round four. This is a guy that you should be drafting all over the place. And you cannot, cannot let him go into round five in your drafts. If you do that and you pass on him, you are out of your minds and you are handing someone a championship. If Alexander Madison is available in round five in my drafts, oh my God, I might kiss the ground that I walk on, do some sort of victory dance, Macarena. Hey, what the but to be a Macarena. Hey, Macarena. I, 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 I will, I will do that. I will one thousand percent do that if, I, if I'm getting Alexander Madison around five. Hopefully, it's one of the drafts that we stream. That would be hilarious. I'll do, I'll do the, I'll do the cha cha slide. You know, cha cha slide, Adam. Of slide course. to the left. Slide to the right. Crisscross. You know, you know, you, you, you know about, how you about I, that ish. You, you you've can... been, you've been to a few bar mitzvahs. Yeah, no, I've I've been to a few. You think I don't know the cha cha slide? What do you think? Who do you think I am? What, what, I'm a cultured individual. Out of, out of the three, out of the three, the uh, the macarena, the cha cha slide, or um, oh shit, what was the other one? I just had it in my head. Cotton Eye uh, Joe. The Cotton Eye Joe. One. The, the yeah. Cotton Eye Joe. What, what 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 was your favorite out of the three? I would say I always got very excited for the cha cha slide. Oh man, the Cotton Eye Joe is my shit. Oh man, the the Cotton Eye Joe is awesome. Oh oh oh, okay. All right, I gotta expand this. Cotton Eye Joe, Cha Cha Slide, um, Macarena, or YMCA. Ooh, yeah, I'd still go with the Cha Cha Slide. Okay, okay, I, I would still go with Cotton Eye Joe. I think YMCA is just way too overdone. Uh, at my wedding, the YMCA will not be played. I've never done. Well, I've only been to two weddings, and I haven't done the, the YMCA at either of them. Those are two great weddings that you went to, because the y- <laughs> YMCA is just way too... It, it, it's at the same boat of don't stop believing at weddings. It, it, it needs to be gotten rid of immediately. No, that's how you tell the party's over. If they play, if they start playing Don't Stop Believing. I will play a different song. I will play something <laughs> along the lines of um, So Long, Farewell, Adidas, and Goodbye. You know? I, I, I'll yeah. do that. I'll make sure they get people get the memo that party is done. I, I get it. It will not be. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. And I bad relationship as you would know. I, Adam. I do. I do know. It, how could, it, how could any Sopranos fan play that at the end of their wedding? Disgraceful. Disgraceful. Yes, me. Still, still a little bit about that. A very better. Very, very, very better. Anyway. So Alexander Madison, he's great. I yeah. I draft him. Yes, Alexander Madison is awesome. Please, please draft him. And next up, we already know how great Justin Jefferson is. Yep, he's we are, my we already know. Wide, rec- wide receiver one, uh, second player overall. Yep, 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 yep. Draft him, real- draft him, draft him, draft him, draft him. If you are in the top two, you can make a case to draft the number one. If if someone were to draft the number one overall, I wouldn't blame you. Really, the one guy, I mean, we can talk about KJ Osborne also, but the one guy that we should talk about with the Vikings as far as receivers is Jordan Addison. Yeah, very interesting. 
because I, I say I say it all the time, and I've said it over the course of this pre-draft process. There's always a rookie receiver that comes out and is a star in year one, and we have a few this year that could potentially be that. None are probably in as better of a position as Jordan Addison is with the Minnesota Vikings playing opposite of Justin Jefferson. Like that is a that is an absolute money spot to to be in. The issue is, of course, is that you know he's going to be entrenched as the number two guy. He will not be number one, barring something happening to Justin Jefferson. He could potentially even be the number three guy in this offense with TJ Hawkinson potentially ahead of him as well. But Jordan Addison is an unbelievable talent. Uh, Blitnikoff winner in 2022 as the best uh, wide receiver in college football. Should have gone to Marvin Harrison, but that's neither here nor there. Jordan Addison is unbelievable. He is an unbelievable receiver. And I can't wait to see him on Sundays, uh, especially with Minnesota Vikings. I mean, that fit is just amazing. And the air show that is going to take place in Minnesota is get ready for it because it's going to be really, really, really fun to watch. And Jordan Addison at his price right now, which I believe he's going in about round nine or 10. Uh, Let me find him. He's going 90. Uh, He's going in round nine, 85th overall. Really good. Really, really, really good. There's, Like I said, rookie receiver breaks out every single year. Jordan Addison is probably number one on that list that you could potentially see a breakout coming for in year one immediately. Yeah, the pieces are all there. I, yeah. I definitely agree. And last but not least, TJ Hawkinson. Tight end three, the clear tight end three. He was great when he got traded from Detroit to Minnesota. He was really, really good for for the Vikings. I expect that to continue. If you don't get a hand uh, your hands on Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, and you're considering, you know, either waiting super long for a tight end or going T.J. Hawkinson, I think T.J. Hawkinson could be really, really, really good for fantasy football. Like I said, clear clear tight end three ahead of Kyle Pitts for me, who I also love. Uh, but the price for T.J. Hawkinson is def- is definitely expensive, going in, going in ra- top of round five. If that's worth it for you and you want to be able to, to know you have a locked and loaded tight end play every single week, Hawkinson would be your guy there. If not, then you're probably waiting and you're drafting, you know, someone in the range of a Darren Waller, uh, Pat Fryer move, David Njoku, somewhere in there for your uh, intermediate yet cheaper option. But round five for Hawkinson, don't mind it at all, and it's a great offense for you to go to go and invest in. I I don't think you're going to be really kicking yourself because you went and invested in the Minnesota Vikings offense. This is an explosive offense. They're going to put up a ton of points, and you want to have as much of this offense as you possibly can. And drafting T.J. Hawkinson in round five, I don't think you can go too wrong with that. No, I agree. I like T.J. Hawkinson because I like Kirk Cousins. So it of just, course, it, you like Kirk Cousins. Why, why does that surprise me? He's consistently good. This is different from Derek Carr. Derek Carr is good and co- consistently good and consistently boring. Good is okay. If good's boring, then I'd rather be boring. No, he's good. No, he's really good. I, I like Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk, I like Kirk Cousins a lot, but it's just not very, it's, it's not very surprising to you. You like Kirk Cousins. You could be, you could be, uh, you could be long lost brothers. I don't know. I'm not really blonde. 
Uh, no, but did, did you have you watched um, quarterbacks yet? No, I have not. On uh, Netflix with uh, him, Mahomes, and Mariota. I have not. Uh, yeah. Basically, I'll, I'll give I'll give everybody the recap in about ten seconds. You ready? You can yes. time me if you want. Kirk Cousins is very bland and boring. I don't know why he's on that show or why he's potentially having to sell the show for people that are watching, but he is uh, very boring, but nice, fun, no problem. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's everything that you would expect. Nice guy, but I absolutely loathe his family. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, yeah, yeah. His 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 family, you know, brings massive points off of off of Patrick Mahomes. Otherwise, good dude, good dude, no complaints. Uh, Marcus Mariota, nice guy, just bins. Just, you know, bins. Just bins. Just, just, bins. just bins. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's pretty shocking. He's pretty <laughs> shocking. Just bins. Uh, yeah, I don't know why Marcus Mariota is there, to be honest with you. No, neither do I. Neither do I. Because you have two starters and a backup. You know who really should be, be on that show, Adam? Derek Carr? No. My good friend, Jamie Carragher. Great guy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's like, this isn't the right football. <laughs> Great guy. Love him. And, hey, I can tell you, very excited to watch Champions League coverage next year. Can't wait. Get to see, get to see Kate Abdow, Thierry Henry, Jamie Carragher, Micah Richards. Ah, great stuff. I can't wait to see Thierry Henry telling me more about how much he loved Barcelona more than playing at Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Listen, listen. All I know is that Thierry Thierry doesn't go doesn't go back to doesn't go back to Barca. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no, he comes home. He comes home. I heard from somewhere that he likes he likes playing with the Red Bulls more than he likes playing with Arsenal. <laughs> in, in in your fucking dreams, <laughs> he's he's not he's not the king of New York. He's not the king of Barcelona. He is the king of North London. That is Thierry Henry. Well, anyway, we have a whole thing about that. And Arsene Wenger getting getting to go back to the to the Emirates for a cha- for a Champions League night. With his statue in front of the Emirates. Oh, tears. The tears in my eyes. Oh, oh, and Declan. Declan, he's beautiful. Turned down Man City. And he signed for Mick Arteta's Arsenal. Turned down Man City. Turned down Chelsea. Turned down Man United. Turned down Bayern. He said, fuck them all. I want to go to Mick Arteta's Arsenal. My fucking guy. He must really enjoy silver medals. He's he is an incredible guy. He really is. He he's special. He's a special special man. Love him. Anyway, Absolutely love him. We yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, let's see if I, if I say this in, in a different language. Yeah, I, I probably, I probably can. All right. Uh, bon soir. Bye-bye.